This episode of After the Whistle contains profanity. Listener discretion advised. Please enjoy. Episode 116, Thomas Vanek going to join us here in a little bit. Um, I think he's been having a lot of fun coming on the show. Love that he loves coming on, and he's been getting great reply from all you people listening. So appreciate that. Couple orders of uh, orders of uh, business we got to talk about first and foremost before Vanner gets on here. Okay. Number one, the we talking baseball Anaheim Angels, the Los Angeles Angels. This is how much I know about baseball. Okay, I don't really follow baseball much. Completely lost me though, because it's just because it's baseball. Because it's baseball. Well, you know what's funny is we talked shit about baseball a few years ago on the live show, and people were angry with us. Baseball is America's pastime. I, I, I mean, we always had this debate in the locker room. Is baseball a sport or not? And I remember Bryce Salvador. Well, let me ask you this. Hold on a second. Bryce Salvador said, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll save it. What? So, like, is grass eating a sport? <laughs> Come on. Come on. Is scratching your butt a sport? <laughs> so... Bryce Salvador said it best. He said it best. He said, if I had to put a label on baseball, it would be, it would be a talent. Like it's a, it's a skill, you know, like being able to hit a fastball and everything. But I mean, is it, is it a sport? I mean, I don't know. Like it's, yeah, I I could see how it's a sport, but it's, I don't know. But that's not my point. For Wednesday's game at home against the Boston Red Sox, the Los Angeles Angels, who have lost 12 games in a row, opted to do a walk their walk-up songs to Nickelback, all Nickelback, across the board Nickelback. And they're getting ripped for it, okay? So, like... I don't know who these guys are. Uh, Shohei Otani or whatever. I think, you know, he's a, I don't know. He's a, I might be way off here because big. does player. not that Pujols or whatever, the big. I don't know. I, I don't think he's there anymore. I don't know. Pujols or yeah. Albert Pujols. Yeah. Is he on I, the he, team? I don't know. He could be retired for all I know. Come on. Think about how many years ago he was crushing it. Like when we were playing, that was 12, 15 years ago, Riv. Albert Pujols could be could be done in the major leagues, and I couldn't tell you. So here's the song list: Otani, he went up to photograph Adele, Adele, Adel. I don't know these guys' names. So Rockstar, Walsh went up to How You Remind Me. Duffy went up to Someday. Uh, Lagaris, uh, If Today Was Your Last Day, that's a good one. Well, they're all good ones. Marsh. Uh, when we stand together, that's a good one. Uh, Mayfield, what are you waiting for? Suzuki this afternoon and Wade Animals. So anyway, guess how they did? Because I know you don't know the outcome of the game. <laughs> so they had lost. So they had lost thirteen. So they won. So they won. What is that? What you're telling me? Nickelback was. Int enough to propel the Angels to win a Los Angeles uh, as Los Angeles dropped its 14th straight game, one nothing. So, guess it wasn't enough. Now, I'm sorry to hear that. And Nickelback is getting shit on. And I'm going to tell you something, people. 
you know, you can say what you want about Nickelback and he makes fun of his hair in the latest Google commercial, but you know, looking like a ramen noodle bowl or whatever, but come on, come on. The guy writes his own lyrics. They have great sound. Give me a break. Then they put on, I've seen Nickelback in concert probably four times. And I'm going to tell you, they put on an unbelievable show, unbelievable show. Okay, so well, explain to me why they're so unlikable. Then Ex- explain that to me. Why do they have such because great they're music? Canadian and everyone Is has why because they're Canadian. I, th- I think so. I mean, I don't know. Maybe his songs are a little lovey. I don't know. I mean, they're they were called like uh, they're they're called the Canadian Creed, <laughs> and I like Creed too. There, you know. But anyway, there has to be something about him that is. I think it was like his look, maybe. Like, you know, like the, the blonde kind of curly hair. I don't know if that was it or not. I don't, it didn't bother me. I, I love the guy. I've met him a couple of times, as you know, but I mean, like I, I just, I think he's, I think they're great. I, I'm not ashamed to admit it either. And I, I never got around to it, but during the pandemic, I was going to uh, order online one of those Nickelback masks. They have, they made the pandemic masks and they had Nickelback ones. I was going to order one. I just never got around to it. But anyway. The other thing I wanted to mention, I, another sport I know you hate, but I've really gotten into because of my son over the last couple of years is uh, the NBA. Pickleball. Oh, NBA. Okay. Another Same massive thing. sport. Met someone yesterday who's building pickleball courts out in Amherst. Um, NBA. Did you hear what the Boston Celtic fans were yelling to Draymond Green last night? The entire crowd. Your podcast sucks. <laughs> Fuck you, Draymond. Really? Like, it was clear as day over the TV, right? So then they're asked about it. Like, Trey uh, or Clay Thompson, he's like, uh, you know, he he calls the Boston fans a classy, you know, very classy Boston. And then Steve Kerr is asked about it, you know, because it's the Golden State Warriors, obviously. I I don't know if you know who's playing. It's the Celtics Warriors in the finals. And, um, And Steve Kerr is asked about it. And he's like, what did I think of the Draymond Green chance? Classy, you know, very classy. What is the score? What's the series at? Right 2 now? 1 Celtics. So Draymond Green got Two fouled ones. out. But I just, uh, do, what, what do you think of that? What do you think of fans chanting that at a game? I mean, it's Boston. They're ruthless. Let's be honest. You know, I mean, they are a tough, they're a tough crowd. There are, there are certain crowds when you, you know, Go go on the road that are a little more hostile than than others. You know what I mean? Like I went to a Boston Celtics Celtics game. They were playing uh, Detroit Pistons, which uh, I think is quite a rivalry. Now this this was um, a long time ago, probably fourteen years ago, maybe I'll, I'll say. Um, Went there with a couple of boys in the team, got some tickets. We were in Boston, decided to take in, you know, a game, an NBA game that which I've never been to. And it was it was literally without question the worst goddamn professional sport game I've ever seen, ever watched in my entire life. The the pure excitement and the pure entertainment. Nothing to do on the court. 
Because you've been to a game before, haven't you? Been to a few. And, and, and when the players are playing, you can hear the dead silence in, in, in the building. And, but they're playing, they're playing like music as the game's going on, right? They're playing like dan, 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 or stuff like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. They're, playing, they're playing music. And then um, people fall asleep for probably, you know, the three minutes of play, like literally are like. And then all of a sudden the whistle blows. And now all of a sudden the entertainment happens. You got people standing up and doing the stupidest goddamn stuff in the stands. And that's all you're that's all you're waiting for. That's the entire NBA game because it is a freaking snooze fest. If you're exhausted from work, if you're just stressed out from work, go to an NBA game because it's like soft (laughs) Zen music. All right. And you sleep during the play. And then all of a sudden, boom, shakalaka, the whistle blows. And then that's the pure entertainment is the people in the stands. Okay. Well, I was in the stands yesterday. I disagree with you, by the way. I, and you know what? I'm sure some games are like that, but I've got, I went to a couple this year in Cleveland, and I, I mean, it's the Cavs, but still, you know, I saw oh, yeah. Cavs are great. I saw the Charlotte Hornets play. And, oh, and Charlotte that, Hornets! Well, they have that Lamelo Ball, so you know, he's he was a rookie of the year last Who? year. Exactly. Well, you don't follow basketball, and then um, and and this year, and then we went and saw the Bucks play with Giannis and and crew, and they were they're the world champions. Up took a tumbo. Uh, Antetokounmpo, I believe, is how you Ant- pronounce it. <laughs> I, th- I think it's something like yeah. that. Yeah, great, great. I was yeah, in he was, attendance. He was amazing, the- right? He was amazing in that game. He was he was average in that game. It wasn't one of his best games. He oh, yeah. you know, but he was actually out oh, the he night was just before. Coming back from no, he was just coming out back the from night before injury. in Cleveland. Oh yeah, he, really, he was really like a ripped ga- it up. <laughs> You're such an asshole. All right, I was in attendance yesterday at one of our former teammates. Um, He's being inducted into the Buffalo Sports Hall of Fame. I saw Millsy yesterday. Ryan Miller. The guy has the guy looks the exact same, but only with a few. Yeah, I saw a picture of him on uh, Twitter. A few more and gray it's just hairs. like, holy shit balls, you gotta get that guy a big steak with like, some fat and grizzle on it. Like, oh my God. Like he's skinnier than when he played. Do you know what and that would was be, like impossible? Do you know what would be amazing? Is if you just showed up and you haven't seen Millsy after a few years and he was just fat. <laughs> I would. I want to. I am first. Thing I would I love do, to see fat Ryan. No, we're going Miller. out tonight, eh? We're going out tonight. Are you, are you coming? Yeah. Are you? Are you? Are you sure you're? Are you allowed? What do you mean? Am I allowed? What are you talking about? Are you allowed? You allowed? Are you allowed? Of what? Are you allowed to come out tonight? <laughs> Good one. But. First thing I'm going to do, I, I want to see his apps. I want to see what, I want to see what happens after one full year being retired. I want to see if he's got like this skinny fat guy belly. Where do you think he's ripped? I think he's, I think he's still pretty active because he looked like he swallowed a birdcage when he when he played. <laughs> All you could see is like cog and ribs. Like it's just ridiculous. Do you remember him at training camp the one year where we're all like. You know, we're all stressing out, put all this work in. All these guys are just so nervous about the training and, the, and, and the, all the, uh, the tests that we had to do. And, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the big tests, you remember, was, was the pull-up test. 
And I remember Nate, Nate Gerby gets up there and his arms are about three inches long. So it's like, oh my God, he did 20 chin-ups. That's fucking amazing. No, it's not. He has to lift himself three inches, right? It, it is like, but you got to go down to a full hang. Okay. So now he goes down four inches. <laughs> Millsy gets up there and he has got these gangly arms that are hanging off the skinniest body I've ever looks seen. Looks like strings body. hanging out of a shirt. Strings uh, hanging out of a shirt. You could and, take, and you're not I expecting God, much out of them. You were you were expecting someone to help him on his first one. That's what you expect. Like Vince Vaughn doing the rings in uh, old school, like, minus the cigarette. Just there is a shaky there is a, body trying to pull himself up like Mr. Burns. I used to call him Mr. Burns, I. Eh? Yeah, there's a better chance that a sumo wrestler in Japan that weighs 450 has a better chance of doing a chin up than than Ryan Miller in the way that he looked. Okay, and and we're all standing there and he and he jumps him. He kind of like you have to jump up to the bar. And I'm thinking to myself, he might he might break an arm doing that because I don't think his arms are going to be able to hold his like, you know, 40 pound body. Right. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, then all of a sudden, our jaws, like the, the average, if you remember, the average, like one of the top guys was probably around 15. And that was me, by the way. Um, humble brag. Um, but anyway, the, I think the highest was, was uh, Nate Gerby with his four inch, you know, chin ups. So he had 20, and Millsy gets up there. And he, he, he was like, what the hell? He did 21. He did 21 chin-ups, and I think he stopped because he got past the, the, the highest guy. And we're all sitting there looking at, he's not breathing. He's not breathing at all. He just does, does his 21, stops. Is that the highest? Oh, is, was, was 20 the highest? Well, he gets 21. He jumps down, walks by us all. Like just no, no emotion, no smirk at all. He's not even Fle- breathing. Flexing his muscles. He's a freak. He is a freak. I am going to tell you, he is an insanely, well, he's, he's very competitive. Like, I mean, insanely competitive. And uh, he's, he's a hell of an athlete. He's a great athlete. Don't let his uh, Mr. Burns body uh, fool you, right? So no, I had a couple nicknames for him as it, as it pertained to his body. Mr. Burns was one of them. And Powder was the other. <laughs> Do you remember the movie Powder? The guy with the electricity. <laughs> oh, that's what I used to call and him. Only Millsy. you. Millsy only would be walking you. in the shower. And he'd be like, here comes Powder, boys. <laughs> only you would be able to say that to him, too. No. Yeah, like, oh. I'm not saying oh, that to Millsy. <laughs> oh, we were laughing yesterday. We just some, You some were good, the one guy memories, on the man. team. And and Millsy would he would definitely agree with this, but you were the one guy on the team that could pretty much say anything to him. It was uncanny. I mean, he's a tough, he's a tough nut, man. He was the most competitive guy I've ever seen. One of the he would probably be the most competitive guy I've ever played with. You know, he was the he was the goaltender that that was obsessed 
with not having pucks in his net. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Like if he scored on him, he would turn around and flick the puck out of his net. He never wanted a puck in his net. And he would get irritated if you scored on him. I'm not kidding you. I've told this. I've told this before. In the three years I was in Buffalo, I probably scored 50 goals on him the entire three years. And that's practicing six days a week, you know, seven days a week for three years. 50. Well, you know what? If Millsy's an honest man, when he comes on this podcast and it's happening, he'll admit to you that I fucking owned him. Yeah, I you're him. the only idiot and I torched, that didn't worry about torched him. Abs- torched him a few times. And then there was, I reminded his mom yesterday. I said, uh, you probably never heard this story. I said, but uh, Millsy, uh, we were in Florida and it was game day skate. Uh, so we're doing the morning thing where you skate out of the corner, you go all the way down the ice, you just kind of let a little token shot go. Well, the yep. puck stood up right at the last second, bad piece of ice, and I shot it anyway, just kind of like a half slapper, fucking collarbone, boom. Like first drill of the day, Millsy leave, <laughs> leaves practice. We furious. are we, fear, furious. <laughs> Furious, and now I turn into paranoid PD. I'm like, oh well, shit! You should have turned into paranoid PD. That's the stupid. Like, I listen. I mean, my my thought in in my head, um, was very simple. On the on the number one goaltender, you were not throwing absolute, you know, heat upstairs. You. I only had it. heat. So it's like, no, you have to I pick lost, a corner. You have I to lost. pick a corner, and and I never shot above his pads in three years. Hey man, I'm, I'm trying like, to I'm make the team. I'm trying to make head. the team every day. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let's grab Thomas Van. I can see what memories of uh, Ryan. No, that's not. I already texted him, and he, he he's like, "I'll be there in five minutes," and I just text him back and said, "Take your time." We don't right. Have him. So how long ago did you say attitude? I, you know, Vanek's going to come on here and he's going to have a little attitude. Well, I want to ask both of you guys too, what your, uh, I bet you, he knows about the Draymond green stuff. I bet you he's aware. I bet you, he knows about, I'm going to ask him about the Los Angeles, uh, a shit about gray, Draymond green. Let's talk about, let's, I want to hear his best Millsy story. Cause it's okay. like Millsy's day here in Buffalo, right? Well, November is. This was like the press conference of the announcement of uh, an introduction of the nominees, and then he'll be inducted. And he flew in. I like, you know, he came from California. He brought his whole family, and uh, like he, like he didn't have to do uh, it. He He came in on a private jet. He's coming. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't think. Text him right now. I don't think he did. uh, Text Millsy right now. You text him. Text him right now and ask him. Thanks, man. Well, it would be kind of random for me, just kind of out of the blue. Like, I've been texting about other shit, so it's like out of the blue. Like, hey, did you come in on a private jet? I'm going to guess no. But let's grab Thomas Vanek as you're texting, Ryan. How's life? Uh, everything's good. School's out, so it's getting a little bit more busy of the boys having their camps and baseball and all the other shit going on. All right. Yeah, I hear you on that. Um, so I'll bring in on our conversation here. We were talking about uh, Ryan Miller and Millsy's in town. Mm-hmm. And uh, his chin-ups. Do you remember the year he he blew away the chin-up uh, test at, at camp? 
Uh, I don't know. What did he do? Like four or five? That's what you would think. Yes. <laughs> barely. <laughs> what? He looked like he looked like Mr. Burns, right? From the right. Simpsons. Like he, like strings hanging from his shoulders, you know. <laughs> and he got up there and he he snapped off 21. It was the highest at camp. And do you know who is number two? It wasn't me. Who had the shortest arms at camp? Well, Gerby probably. <laughs> that's right. I remember the guy yelling at him, you got to go all the way down. I'm like, that's what, an extra inch? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's like, and I think Gerbs did 20 or, or 21. He might have tied Mills. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually text. I thought you were going to say uh, Soupy Campbell because he was so cheap. Oh, God. Gator, Gator, seriously, Gator. let's talk about this. Like, so Gator arms. <laughs> so, because Millsy had 21 chin ups, you think that solidified him as the number one goalie for the Savers? Yeah, that's that it. That was yeah, the difference. It had to be, yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> he beat out Patrick Aleem, who probably did too. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Oh, it's so dumb, these testings. Did you find that it, like, it had. I, I never understood this stuff, man. Like, I never understood. Do you remember the skate test? Riv, did you were, were we doing the skate test when you came to Buffalo? Sure, remind me, yeah, remind oh yeah. me yeah. of it. What did we have to do? We started at the goal line, and then you you know you go far blue line, near blue line, all the way down. There's like six little cones, and then all the way back. Yes, and you get a, and you get like I think what is a it minute. a minute in between? Yeah, and you did the five of them. It was pretty funny to watch because guys who didn't know that it was coming. They would go so hard the first two. The third one, you can see the legs are spasming, but the fourth one, they're crawling. I'm like, it was great. But hey, I, I, I was I, dead after the first one. I was done. <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing guys friggin' straight-legging it. As soon as you came out of that last pylon at the hash mark at the other end, you had to sprint back to like either the blue line or the top of the circles and then the top of the circle yeah yeah they had a painted line there and guys were like by the by the blue line at the other end they're standing straight up and they're just kind of like and then they still have like two more to do oh my god that test was absolutely unbelievably ridiculous but again but i mean what a stupid concept right this testing and i I just i still don't get it I, i don't get it yeah. Did, were they doing it still like uh when you were finishing up? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean every every coach has their own little, you know, testing and this. I mean I remember in Detroit there was, you know, skate test too. The off-ice testing wasn't as the off-ice testing was actually a lot of like stretching and movements and reaches and I'm like, "Oh, great. Like what am I going to do here? Like I can't touch my toes, still can't." And it's just <laughs> So, okay, here's a good one. So my draft was in Nashville and I didn't go to the combine in Toronto because as a college kid, I think you have to pay your own way. And so I did a lot of my workouts the week before the draft leading up with, you know, 10, 12 teams. And I can't remember what team it was, but I was there and it was like myself and a couple other players. But the one guy I do remember was Mark Andre Florey. He was, you know, the number one overall pick that draft. And we did this sit and reach test, you know, where you sit and then there's like a board and with your hands, you got to push this little lever as far as you can. They're like, okay, you're up, Thomas. So I sit down and I can't even reach the board. <laughs> and, and the guy goes, all right, you can start anytime. And I'm like, 
I'm done. Like I cannot, my hammies are freaking on fire. I cannot teach this. You know, I can't, I got, I can't reach this. I'm done. The guy's like, all right, sounds good. He goes next and next, next, right behind me, Mark under Flory pushes that thing all the way to the wall. I'm like, great. Not getting drafted by this team, but I'm like, what? I remember Steve was waiting outside. I'm like, how did it go? I'm like, not good. I can't, I'm not flexible. My hammies are tight. And he's like, don't worry about it. It's all stupid anyways. I'm like, yes, thank you. It is stupid. Like, just because I can't reach this, I, I can still play hockey. I can still think the game. But it's just ridiculous what some of these teams do. Have you ever in your entire career, did you ever have like a groin uh, pull or anything? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Multiple. I mean, as, I mean, I had both my hernias done when I played for the wild. So and I think it's just, I think every hockey player is eventually going to have hip and groin problems. It's just yeah. what it is, right? And especially hip, those groin, early years. Knee, shoulder, no, neck, back. Right, but I, I think the game is getting better. Like the last <laughs> five years of my career, you know, it's, I think coaches were more respectful of groin injuries and hamstrings and just these little injuries that, you know, it's not a broken bone, but shit, it hurts. Where early yeah. on, there was no days off. I mean, I remember, Peter, you remember our early years in Buffalo. Like, there's no mandatory days off. Like, we would fly home Saturday night. We had great teams. Sunday was off. Uh, PD, Van, uh, Palmer, Roisey, I'll see you guys tomorrow morning at 8. Oh, my I, God, remember, yeah, I, I remember the one after daylight savings, Vanner. <laughs> <laughs> remember with Scotty Arneal, where we just beat the Islanders, and it was like, <laughs> it was roll the clock. What do, you, which, what do you do in November? You roll it forward, back? I can't remember. But anyway. You go back. Yeah. yeah so we so we all, Riv, can I tell this story? Like, we all went. Arneal comes down the, the plane aisle. He's like, okay, guys, we're gonna, you're going to skate. You're going to skate. You're going to skate. You're going to yeah. skate. Vanner, you were a younger guy at the time. And I mean, I was young too, but right. I didn't, I wasn't playing a lot. So I was on the ice all the time, but so Arneal's like, it's not going to be anything. We're going to just do some skill stuff, a little shootout, a little fun. We're out of there. Right. right. So, so Riv, we all go to the bar. All the Weird. guys that are skating, we all go to the bar. And I don't mean we go and have a couple drinks. I mean, we go and we let loose. We're best team in the league. Mm-hmm. So we let loose. We all get to practice. We're all still drunk. Okay. We're all still drunk. Because we're expecting like a fluff practice, like a total go out, get a sweat, get, right? Lindy catches wind, probably walking through with his, you know, track pants smelling the boys right you can smell it like it smelled like a like a bar the next morning okay and uh you know and lindy's kid was on the ice do you remember this mm-hmm. oh yeah and i remember lindy's this. kid came on the, the ice part. with us so we're like this is gonna be easy he's not gonna we're not getting killed today so lindy comes on the ice i swear to god riv it was an hour and a half of fucking hell yeah. And he's like, he's yelling at all of us. Come on, move, move. He's yelling at his kid. Go, go, go. <laughs> like giving it to the kid. And we're just like, holy <laughs> shit. Like Brian's getting murdered worse than Van, which is like a shock. I know. The kid was like 10 too. Kid's like he's 10 like, years old. Oh, and Lindy's just it, like, let's go. Right. Giving it to all of us. So the best part is we finish with bull in the ring. Okay. Yeah. And for anyone listening who doesn't know what bull in the ring is. It's like the one-on-one in the circle. One guy has the puck. The other guy plays defense. You're just, you're trying to get the puck and you're trying to defend, right? 
it's 30 seconds, sometimes 45. And if you're really in, uh, you got a dick coach, it's a minute. Mm-hmm. So we're doing it and all of us are falling over. It's like, we're like young blood out there. We're, we're like, we can barely stand up. Okay. Like just cause we're so fucking tired and hung over. And there's one guy flying, flying around. Okay. And smoking everybody in bowl in the ring. And Arneel, and I'm going to say his name, and Scotty Arneel's like, holy smokes. How many you- guys that are on the ice? I'll tell you who it was. Uh, Peters, Vanek. Was Roisy there? Uh, Roisy might have got the day off. Uh, who else was? Uh, Gostad. Uh, yeah. Uh, might have been like, at, no. Novotny. Yes, you're guys, Novotny. Guy, uh, maybe Pacer. Maybe. I don't know who. I, I don't know who else. I, I don't know, but it was a vast majority of young guys. Okay. Mm-hmm. So is the guy that uh, is being a uh, superhero in that list? No, because I didn't add him because it would have been obvious. Okay. <laughs> so, so all of a sudden, Scotty or Neil goes, man, all the guys went out last night. Hey, all the guys. And, and this guy yells, nope, not me, Arnie. I went home. I, I went right home, right to bed. Can I? Uh, yes, you can guess. Put a guess out. Yes. Same guy that skated backwards after the Olympic break and we're doing laps and I'm fucking dying because I actually had a good time during the Olympic break and he's skating backwards, lapping everybody and mocking us. Gotcha. Yeah. Who is it, Riff? Does he look like Ronald McDonald? (laughs) (laughs) It's, uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're bang on there. (laughs) Oh my God. Great hit on Umberger though. Um, Yep. Oh fuck! Is that funny? Anyway, so that was—I don't know how. But we yeah, got I mean there. that's that's. But to the whole point of the story, right? It's—I mean that was the norm. I mean, as a young kid, you you there was no days off. Your day off was the two days at Christmas. That was it. You remember that we was, had the calendar going in the back with the X's. Yeah, <laughs> we had X's going in the back with how many days in a row guys had to be at the rink without a day off. And it's, you know, what's crazy to think, then the new CBA comes in and then you get that mandatory one day off and it's like, whoa, one day. I'm like, that's ridiculous. One day is not even enough, you know? And again, the coaching style has changed and guys, you know, over the years, the coaches are given more rest and it's come a long ways. But I mean, those yeah, early years, a, it was crazy. You know, there's a big reason for, you know, the coaches to be hard on the young guys. And what's, what's that reason? Keep them honest. No, you're going to be belligerent on your time off. You, oh my God, I got a day off. Like we're going out till five. You're absolutely hammered. Next day is a freaking write off. The, the older guys take the day off and you're like, I want to, I want to actually wake up with my kids. You know what I'm saying? So it's hundred percent, but at the same time, I mean, if, if they're 20, 21, 22, like they, they, what, like a little fun is not bad. Is it? I mean, look at, no. look at, do you remember no, John Tortorella when he coached in Columbus and they went to Vegas? Do you remember what he said? His comments? He said, uh, yeah, I want the guys to go out and have a great time and go ahead and play guilty. N- nothing wrong with playing guilty every once in a while. And what happened with that weekend? I have no idea. One of the I guys think- got sent home because he was 
fucking whatever happened. He he wasn't even uh, Dubinsky. He wasn't even playing. He was he was already hurt. Anyways, he came on a trip because they had their rookie party. Oh, you think he went out alone? Were you there then, Van? I was not there. No, I wasn't there. I so were you there after or before? I was there after. This was before the deadline. Okay. I joined him on the deadline. And so, do you know what happened? I, I really don't think anything happened. I think I think what happened is that he was on the trip, not playing, and I think they had practice the next day. And I think he didn't show up to practice. And Torts said, "You're on the trip. You didn't show up to practice." And so he sent them home. I don't think it was as big of a deal as you know. A lot of times, the media makes a big deal out of it. Um. What? So okay. But how hungover was the team? I don't know. I wasn't there. I mean, oh, I'm I sure. I mean, no one talked. You didn't. No one ever. Okay, it's, it's Vegas. It's talk. rookie party. I'm sure they had a good time and they had a probably a rough practice the next day, but they got through it. You know, and it's. I'm not saying that this is what needs to happen all the time, but every once in a while, it's okay for those little team bonding to happen. Absolutely. No, that's what I was going to say. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I, I. That's why I'm all I about love the team love, bonding. Right. I mean, that's. I mean, a lot of the memories come from team bonding, right? I mean, it's. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I'm sure it still happens in the game, but man, are you listening to the, you, you listen to the pod. I don't know if you've listened to every one of them, but I, I told a story, but I didn't mention your name and I can always edit this out, but the, the, the I, I referenced, it's not a good way to start, man. No, it is not. No, no the, I'm, the I'm, three goal game in Boston. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was, uh, well, it was a good game, right? I mean, it was at the end of the year. It was the last game of the year, right? I know. I mean, you weren't the only one. I'm just saying, like, Mark, I mean. You, you yeah, go. it's just one of those where it just happens. Good timing by me, right? I remember this. We we lost out, what, two nights before in Philly, missed the playoffs, had one more game in Boston. Practiced the day before the game, absolutely got killed in practice. Remember that? And then guys were obviously pissed off. You know, we're missing out on playoffs. We got one more game and the season is over. Everyone's pissed. So we get done with this practice, which was an absolute bag skate. And now, everyone we were, our season was over and he got us one more time. Yeah, he got us one more time. And then, you know, everyone is like pissed, went out for lunch, started drinking beers. And it happened. My brother was in town in Boston. My brother at the time lived in Munich, was in uh, Boston for some work. So, you know, haven't seen him in months, months. So sure. I'm like, come on, let's go. So he met us for lunch and we started drinking, you know, went out for dinner, drank some more. Then we went out and I wasn't, it wasn't, even, I think, and the game was, a, I think it was like a one o'clock game too the next day or three o'clock game, like an afternoon game. And I think it was like one o'clock. It wasn't even like something outrageous. You know, it was one o'clock and I'm like, all right, my brother's name's David. I'm like, all right, David, I'm heading back to the hotel. Sure enough, I walk into the hotel at the Ritz in Boston. I press the button for the elevator. The doors open. And who's right there? Darcy and Lindy. What time is it? 1 a.m. I'm like, God. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, just bad reception upstairs. I had to come down to the lobby, make a phone call. Bullshit. That was fast, man. That's fast. That's what I said. They're like, all right, sounds good. I'm like, I go up in my room. And within minutes, the, the hotel room phone rings. I pick it up. It's Lindy. She's like, um, come up to my room quick. So I go up to his room. This is, again, at 1.10 a.m. in the morning or whatever it was. And he's like, hey, because, and he was good about it. He's like, hey, Darcy saw you. I think there's some other, you know, other guys with him, with the club. I don't know who they were. He's like, and we got a 3 o'clock game tomorrow. He's like, I can't play tomorrow. I'm like, okay, sounds good. I, I, I get it. Sorry. 
So I go up, you know, or wake up the next day, we have breakfast, we have a meeting. After a meeting, it pulls me over. He goes, you know what? No, you're in. You're going to play. I was like, oh, cripes. Okay, now I got to play. Yeah, and then we ended up winning the game and I had three goals. <laughs> and it was, Lenny's just shaking his head. He's like, oh, boy. He's like, of course, something like this would happen. I am, uh, I'm trying to, oh, I pulled up the wrong I'm trying to pull this up on hockey reference. That was 0809, right? I that's who knows. I think it was oh, I think Banner, was, do you remember do you remember in Florida and Petey and I have talked about this one before. It was actually a really really fun night. We were in Florida. Uh Petey, you remember the name of the bar that we were at? Blue Martini. Blue Martini. And do you mm-hmm. remember there was a live band there that was from Buffalo? No, I don't. Playing, playing live music, they were just crushing it. It was yeah, it was Tom un- Sartori's band, and he was he was he also he finished like uh, fifth or sixth in the World Series of Poker back in the day. Oh wow! Anyway, we had a blast. I mean, we had an I'm absolute sure we blast. We had we went out for dinner. We all had a great dinner. We went to this uh, just to have a few uh, after dinner drinks. Started to get closer to our, our curfew was eleven o'clock. Started to get closer to eleven, and um, PD and I, you know, the veteran leadership group that we were, sent everyone back to the hotel. Got everyone in the cab. Said, "Let's everybody's got to get get back to the hotel. You know, make sure you're back on time." And and it was all good. Um, and PD and I decided that we were going to pick up the bill together. Which means that I that was code for I was just associated with Riv while he paid for the bill. <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> and uh, now it was a little later than we anticipated, and uh, we're waiting, and we're phoning. I can't. I don't even want to out these. People. No, we're you're not. We're phoning you're... guys back at the hotel to let us know because Lindy was sitting in the lobby just sitting in a chair in the corner in the lobby. Okay. Right. Is waiting for people. And here's the thing. No one's coming in. No one's coming in because we had sent everybody back and they got back on time. Right. So now Lindy's in the, in, in, in the lobby. He's waiting. He's waiting, but we're phoning people back at the hotel and they're telling us Lindy's still in the lobby. Lindy's still in the lobby. You can't come back. And so like, when okay, Lindy well, got up and we went, we wanted to, bed. to come back. I swear to God, at like twelve o'clock, we, <laughs> we, we we picked the bill up. But now all of a sudden, Lindy's it's like waiting for a delayed flight. <laughs> yeah, and now we just have to stay out. And uh, yeah, we just we just enjoyed ourselves that much more. And we waited and we waited. And Lindy finally went up to went up to his room around what one one thirty or something like that he sat in the chair in the corner for like two hours or something like that we finally so what did we do home. we went we're like all right we went back at three <laughs> yeah we went back a little later and uh yeah i remember that night uh or that morning when when we had to play that game <laughs> I was, I was gonna say like, let's fast forward to the game because I do remember that game, Ribs. It was oh um, god, what it was what? awesome. Petey was Petey was telling me he's like, man, you played great. I don't know how you did that. I played like twenty four minutes or something like that. We ended up <laughs> winning the game. I am like Petey is like high five and all the boys coming off the ice after the game, and Petey's eyes are looking at me. I'm the last guy off the ice. He's looking at me. He's like, how do you feel right now? <laughs> I'm like. 
Not good at all. <laughs> How did you play that much? Do you remember early high. in the game, though? Oh, God. No, I don't. It was like, it was hilarious because obviously we all knew the background. We heard, you know, from PD the story of breakfast and what happened. <laughs> Thanks, PD. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, don't tell anyone, but here is what happened. But don't, don't say anything. Oh, fuck it. But that's you know. code for just make sure Lindy doesn't find out. <laughs> that's why, I waited, for, that's why I waited for Goose to leave before I told everybody. <laughs> so this is early in the game. I think you just got out there. You might, you might have been out there for 10 seconds. Florida ices it, puck comes back. So you're on the ice for 10 seconds. We win the face-off. It comes right to you. You just hard rim it and get off the ice. <laughs> Mike, he just had a 12-second shift. <laughs> I think once you found your legs, you were good. But the first three, four shifts, I'm like, this guy's getting off an average of 14 seconds. I must have had 54 shifts that game then because I ended up playing like 24 minutes that night, 25 minutes. And uh, I was just, I was, you know, completely exhausted. Right. Right. And and you know how hot it is in Florida. Oh yeah. It's It's almost like they turned the heat on in the building and you were sweating profusely, you know, sweating, getting off that bus, getting onto the bus. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I do want to bring up something. I, I listened uh, the other day. JR was on, and you guys were talking about who's the best player. Who would you start your franchise with, right? And you guys are arguing back and forth. Oh, it's got to be McDavid. It's got to be him. It's got to be him. And, and you get not get you guys were wrong, right? But I'm always, and I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, why does it always just have to be one player? I mean, it's just, isn't it amazing right now, the skill that there is? Like McKinnon. But, but again, if you had to pick, are you picking McDavid, Kale McCarr? Are you picking Victor Hedman? Are you starting your team with a defenseman? You know, like, yeah, I, it, I, I don't know, because it's just, again, it's just give me any of them. Right. I think you start with a really solid base. I just I don't know. I mean, personally, I think I would start with a defenseman because they just eat up way more ice and they can control the game way more than any forward. You know, what, what do they always say? Like, your best forward's got to make his line mates better. But nowadays, you look at the best players, they all play with really good players. Like McKinnon, yeah. who does he play with? Who yeah. are his Rant- line mates? Ranton and, and uh, Langnescog. There you go. This, I mean, right. unbelievable, right? But, like, yeah. I don't know. When I grew up, you always said, okay, your best player's got to make other guys better, which, obviously, you know, that's a no-brainer. But I feel like nowadays, it's so stacked. Like, the best players play with the best players. So who is the best player in your opinion? I don't know. I like all of them. I like Dreisaitl. I mean, they all are so fun to watch, right? This McKinnon is just, I mean, he is just, but to me, what Kale McCarr is doing right now, I don't think I've ever seen that before. Not in our I lifetime. Mean, I mean, Wayne Gretzky compared him to Bobby Orr the other day. That's pretty high praise. I mean, it's I remember like the numbers my, are that my far early off. days, the Detroit Red Wings, when they were winning those cups and dominating and like taking the first 60 games off and still are 50 and 10. Like Nick Lindstrom, Brian Rafalski. I mean, they made the game look so I don't think they ever dumped the puck. If they didn't have a play into the zone, they would just regroup with those two defensemen and like, all right, we'll just pass it around and find a hole. But this, this, this guy. He's on a different level. I mean, his skating, his vision, his, I mean, he is all over the place. He dominates. 
and it's it's crazy. It's it's fun to watch. It really is. Yeah, I uh, I I'm starting to wonder if if he is the best player in the world. I mean, I I said the other day that I I wonder if McKinnon is. He doesn't get the same praise as Crosby or uh, McDavid, but he's he's right up there. But I wonder if all around if he's a better player. Oh my God, they're they're all but they're all in the same category. They I, that's 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 my whole point. Like you you can argue one guy what he brings and why he's the best, and then Rivs can argue the next guy. And we're well, like, let me ask you this, Vanner. Mm-hmm. Let's just say that Connor McDavid right now is the best player in the world. I think if you were to sit down with a hundred people, you're going to have 99 of them say Connor McDavid is the best player in the world. He's undeniable. Okay. He really is undeniable. What he's doing right now with his speed and his skill set and what, you know, turning and twisting and just, he mm-hmm. is truly a dynamic force every single time he's on the ice. But who is number two? Who is number three, but, but number here, four, number five? Okay. Who are those players? Well, I see. I, I don't. I don't disagree with your McDavid take because he is the best individual player I've ever seen. Too. I mean, the way he skates and the, the way. But let me ask you this: on the other, like you put Connor McDavid on the Sabers, how many more wins do they get because of Connor McDavid? Six. Yeah. Okay. yeah, six, seven, six, eight, six, yeah, six, eight, something like that, probably because he can, you know, win it on his own, make other players better. Now you put Kale McCarr into Buffalo Sabres. How many more do they win? Same amount or more. I would argue that yeah. they probably win more because he can play 27, 28, 29 minutes, break it out, join the rush. I mean, the. Yeah. The scoring chances that guy creates from the back end is something I've never seen before. Did you see it's, him defend? Did you see him defend McDavid? Like he's backpedaling, 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 then he pivots and all of a sudden he angles McDavid into the corner and he has nowhere right. to go. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's just, and that's what I mean. Like that guy, every time I watch him, I'm like, there's no weakness. There really isn't. You know, the one weakness we talked about in, in the St. Louis game where you said he shouldn't have been on the ice that he should have had a better awareness and boxed uh, who scored that tying goal. Thomas, was it for St. Louis? Yeah. Yeah. But sure that I don't think that was necessarily, I think that was just, you know, St. Louis was snapping the puck around and he just kind of got caught puck watching. So did everyone else on the ice. But 99% of the time that guy makes the right play, the right read. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. And I and it started wait. from the second he stepped in the NHL. That's what's in the playoffs, I I might add. Yes. Yeah, he's completely crushing it. It is. Yeah, just like just like McDavid did, though, right? I mean, McDavid, right from from the get go. And that's that. It's just. I mean, again, the the league is different, whatever. But it's because of guys like him. It's different, right? Like a Kale McCarr. Holy, that's that's a difference maker right off the bat as a twenty two year old or whatever. Yeah, it's. But he's also on a team right now that is a force. They're a force offensively. And Kale McCarr, every single time he's on the ice, he's playing with McKinnon, Rantanen, and Langdeskog, which is arguably the best line in hockey. Right. So, so, so because you play in a good team, I think it gets you way more points, right? Because the guys can finish. 
But on the flip not, side, I look defending. Hmm? Kel McCarr doesn't defend very often because Langdeskog, Rantanen, and uh, McKinnon are in the offensive zone. 70%. I wouldn't say he doesn't defend very, but, but he plays, he plays in his way more zone. than those guys. He's in his own zone a lot. He's he's, he, he plays every other shift. They, those uh, guys don't play every other shift. He's on the ice with, with that line every single time. Okay. Plus other those lines. guys, plus other lines. But when he's on the other lines, he's killing penalties. So he'll, he might kill three, three minutes of penalties a game. Well, that's mm-hmm. adding on. He's got, you know, the power play where he's playing, probably the full two minutes. So he's playing 85% of his time with the best line in hockey. And that's why he's putting up, you know, 80, what did he put up this year? 84, 85 points this year. Right. But I think he, he, the reason they're in the line is sure. I mean, that line is unbelievable. Like you said, but man, he gets that puck up there to them all yeah. the time, all the time. So I go back like, to this, and, and I'm not going to sit there and compare these two players because I they're they're I don't even want to do that. But right. I'm just going to say Rasmus Dahlin is a world class talent. His first pass is as good or better than any defenseman in the National Hockey League. Does he skate quite the same as as uh, Kale McCarr? No. Does he fend the same as Kale McCarr? I'd probably say not right now. But Rasmus Dahlin is an absolute world-class talent, okay? But he also plays on a team that does not have the same firepower that 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 uh, Kale McCarr has. I would love to. I'd love to. I'll never get to know this. We will, we will never get to know this. But I would love to know what kind of statistics Rasmus Dahlin would have when he's playing on the Colorado Avalanche. Wouldn't be 86. I don't think so. I, 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 I yes, think absolutely. No, it would not. No, McCarr is way more electrifying. Be. Did you see the goal that he scored against Chicago this year? Where he slams on the fine. Have you ever seen Rasmus? Yes, I have, but he's not nearly as fast. He's not nearly. A, he's, not. he's not. He's not slow. He's not fast. He's not slow, but with the way he slinkies is, I'll way. give you 65 to 70 points, which is phenomenal for a defenseman, what? but he's not getting 86 points. No, I don't think he can shoot it. McCarr, can he, like the way he shifts and snaps that puck off, I don't, I don't see Dalene have that in his game. I think he, I think he does have that in his game. Okay. I think he absolutely has the release and and the skill set. It might be done a little bit differently. Like you have, you have Rasmus Dalene, okay, who just basically played an eighty-game season with the Buffalo Sabers and had fifty-three points and thirteen goals. Mm-hmm. I mean. This guy plays half the time. I'm talking 50% of the time is in his own own zone defending. He's playing with guys that are not nearly the same caliber as the guys that are playing in Colorado. If you but, have Rasmus Dahlin patrolling the blue line in, in, in a Colorado lineup, playing with Langdeskog and Ranton and McKinnon. You're crediting the forwards in Colorado so, for McKin or for uh, McCarr's point production. Where I look at it differently, I wonder how many points more those guys would have if it weren't for McCarr. Like I wonder how many more points the Saber players would have if McCarr were here. Like, but here, know, here's here, Petey. I agree with you too. But Rivs, you have said before, what's the top line for the Sabers? Thompson, Tuck, yep. and Skinner. Right, and you, you've said that's a number one line right there in the NHL, a top line. Yes. 
does the lean play a lot of times with those guys? Yes. Yes. And Jeff Skinner's so, been minus fucking 400 in his career. He doesn't have a defensive many, bone I mean, in his entire body. Is that line is that line in the zone the whole is that line in the zone the whole time then? How did they score 30 goals? Because they're on the power play. Okay. Like 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 Cage Thompson basically at the age of 24 got put at center this year. And you know what? Guess what? It was it was a bold move by by Don Granado. I praise him for it. We all praise him for it because he had a we had a player that had a breakout season. Do I think Tage Thompson is is a bona fide center that's as good as the the elite lines in the league? No, I'm, I just said in Colorado that is the number one line in the National Hockey League. I do believe that Rantanen, McKinnon, and Langdeskog. Mm-hmm. But our first line in on our team, our first line is. Is is Thompson, Tuckin, and Skinner? Mm-hmm. Now, is that a Colorado first line? Hell no, not even close. Correct. They're not even close. But you so said what I'm saying legit, is, you said it's a legit first line in the NHL. I do. I think it's a first line when you look at. But now you just said. But now league. two seconds ago you just said it was all power play. So yes. your best line only scores on a power play. That that's not a legit first line then. Well, when you're playing against other teams, so listen, that's why we finished ninth worst team in the National Hockey League because that line right there, it had, had a good season. We had two 30-goal scores on that, on that line. But that is not, that is not they're, they're the low-end first line in the league. Right. Kale McCarr is not playing again with the low end first line in the league. He's playing against the best line in the National Hockey League, and he plays with them 80 per, 85%. This is of where the time. analytics would help if we knew how many points. Ah, fuck analytics. I hate that shit. <laughs> analytics Good. wouldn't help at all. I'm telling you, you put Kale McCarr on the Buffalo Sabres with that line, they're not playing as much D as they are because he can break it out, he can help, he can push the pace. And they would play in the old zone a lot more than with Darlene. And I'm not saying Darlene is bad. I like his game, okay. but he's no Cal McCarr. Okay. And all, I love when but, you're on because you actually, you, you, you challenge ribs and you because I can't, because it, it's, it's an argument that I'm not willing to take because I believe that is a, a, a true statement. I, I believe that if, if Cal McCarr was on the Buffalo Sabres, I think they would probably be a, a stronger hockey team because he does all of the great things that Rasmus Dahlin does, but he, in areas, in certain areas, he's he's probably stronger at this point in his career than Rasmus Dahlin. I can't argue that. Right. Kel McCarr's two years older than uh, than Rasmus Dahlin. In two years from now, is Rasmus Dahlin going to be looked upon as somewhat the same player or closer to a Kel McCarr? That's the thing that we'll we'll ask ourselves in two you years. Said, you said you said Dahlin is two years younger. Yes, he is. Yes. Darlene's uh, 21 turning, I think. Is he not turning 22, PD? And I think Kel McCarr's 24 right now. No, Kel McCarr turns 24 on uh, October 30th. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he's 23 right now, almost 24. And Darlene is 21. 
Uh, that's all Stalin. Uh, there he is. <laughs> yeah, it uh, seems. I mean, 21 is crazy. It seems he's like he's 22. Been in the for- he's 22. Uh, so he's really like a year and a half younger. Yeah. So not yeah. quite two years. Whatever. So, um, but, you know, I mean, talking about young defensemen, and I did watch a little bit of Detroit just because I played there and also blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Uh, that Moritz Sider. I can't wait until that guy. I mean, what, I mean, he's. You talk about skating ability, playmaking, skill, and he's actually one of these young guys that Makar and Darlene don't have. He hits. Yeah. He trucks he's people. He's a freight train. Oh, he is. You, you know, know what I like about, about all these young defensemen? Too. Sorry, go ahead, Riff. No, I was just going to say, what's amazing about him, too, is when he was picked, what, what did they pick him? Six overall? It was like four, five, six, and I remember everyone yeah, was like super high. It. Yeah. it was like super high nobody and i mean not one single person in the draft that year had ever spoken a word of this this cider kid. he was a total head scratcher and everybody not, questioned was he not in the second round on. he was rated i think in the second round and they he, he was a mid, mid to late first i believe it was okay. yeah and they picked this kid six overall and everybody said what in god's name did they just do in detroit what <laughs> they're all like scrambling like who the hell is this kid why they pick him six and <laughs> scouting scouting but, uh, that, that's they, where detroit it's it's i mean you look at that, that team will turn it around quickly i i do believe that i mean that lucas raymond that's another i mean what a fantastic hockey player he is yeah but yeah back to cider he's i mean unbelievable that guy well what i was going to say about the defense is you know what i love about um all these young def- all these young defensemen and that is they're making defense look fun to play you know what I mean? Like there was a long time there where it just, you know, de- I feel like everyone thought defensemen had to, you know, stay at home and, you know, you didn't get to be up ice. But I think now with the way the game's changed and youth and everything, mm-hmm. defense might be the most fun position to play for kids because you're you control more of the game and you're on the ice more. 100 percent agree. I mean, it's uh, I mean, and that's I mean, that that was even when we played together, I was. You know, I, I loved coming over the blue line into the old zone and kind of, you know, looking behind me, cur- curling up. And I needed that extra wave. Like, I mean, that's how you create good offense is have that D jump and join. And like I said, I mean, playing D right now in the league, I mean, how fun is that? You're getting scoring chances left and right and all over the place. It's it's well, it's, it's a awesome. New, it's a new breed of player. Um, you know, everybody remembers Brian Leach and uh paul coffee and 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 players along that nature that just were so beautiful in their skating and their puck moving ability and being able to you know attack from the back end okay and now you know in my time pretty much my my years i played in the league the game was called differently there's a lot more clutching and grabbing Um, if there was a player that was going to stand in front of my net and I called it my net because that was my eight foot area, I am going to try and break every ribs in their back. Um, because that's just what I wanted to do. So people would not want to be there. And And that was okay to do. And it was okay to do like, um, you just got warnings. I remember them, like I'd be laying lumber into areas where I knew a forward did not have padding. And 
literally in my mind trying to break ribs and you could hear the ref in the corner say ribs ribs that's enough that's enough and then i you know i'd pull back a little bit and uh you know but next time it came around i'd be trying to do the same thing and that's what you did back in the time okay and there was a many many defensemen like me okay there was a lot the game has changed completely the game has changed to a to a hybrid defenseman slash forward like i'm going to tell you right now how many players in the league is kale mccarr more skilled than on the forward line oh half the league three quarters <laughs> more, of the, than, that. The more than that more than that have rasmus Dahlin. how many players is he more skilled than how many jack oh, he's, uh, he's a top 50 guy yeah jack quinn you just keep going down the line and, and you look at the young defensemen like Van, you had a chance to watch uh, Owen Power, right? Mm-hmm. Does this kid look like a defenseman, or does he look like a six-six forward that's literally flying around everywhere? Well, He's behind I, the net half the time. The way I look at it is, I compare it to soccer, right? In soccer, you have defensemen, you have your forwards, and, and guess what? Usually, your best players—they're the midfielders. Yes, and that's what these kids are. They're midfielders. Yeah, it's exactly what you just said. When you were in the zone, you defended stick in the ribs in the neck, and then you know puck got out of the zone, and then you slowly would join. Yeah. Now the puck isn't even out of the zone yet, and these cats are jumping up the ice. Or the midfielders slash hybrid defenseman is the one who's leading the rush. Right. It's it's so, just it's a fun brand of hockey and it's it's fun, but it's 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 different. But like you look at you look at in Colorado, we sit here and there's just so much praise that's going to go to Cal McCarr because he's he's world class. He's dynamic. Mm-hmm. He's fun to watch. But that um, the other defenseman, number four, was it Bowen Bowen uh, uh, Byram? Byram? Yeah. Fantastic. Like this kid was drafted fourth overall. This is yes. no this is no joke. No. His skating ability is completely through the roof. He is not a big kid. He's not a big kid for an NHL, you know, old school standard defenseman. He's probably what five eleven, maybe one hundred and eighty five pounds. This kid can fly. It. This mm-hmm. kid can fly. And then you look at the kid that's uh, got knocked out of the playoffs uh, um, in um, yeah Gerard or something. Gerard, like yeah. his skating ability. Gerard is a water bug. He is a hybrid defenseman slash forward he's not a defender he is a hybrid he is his skating ability is so in so incredible that you know he he's joining the rush he can play defense but he's all over the place and this new style defenseman in the league is taking off and and you know what coaching coaching in today's game um where you know, when I grew up a long, long time ago at age 13, 14, which was like a long, long time ago, you know, you had defending defensemen at the age of nine and 10 and 11 and 12 and 13, you had defenders. You had Correct. more defenders than, than anything. They, they were usually big, didn't skate quite as well, but they defended exceptionally well. The game has changed and it's changed not just in the NHL. The NHL is the product of what's changing in the society of of youth hockey. And youth hockey is not about defending anymore. It's about go and make mistakes. Go and make mistakes. Figure it out what you can and can't do in certain situations. The, the players are are much much smarter. Um 
than they've ever been. But the defending part of things, the defenseman in the game has changed. Like, I don't want defenders. I don't want defenders on my team. I want six players to play like Kale McCarr. They're probably not going to be Kale McCarr. No, but I want way. six guys like that. Well, why yes. are you asking for good Branson? Why are you asking for uh, you know guys like that? What do you mean? You, you wanted you wanted a good Branson Zadorov yesterday. <laughs> I do, Jesus. and I still do because on our team. In this is a classic example, Van, of Riv not remembering what he said the day. We should have a segment. He's got to check your notes Do-do-do. again. Do. Do, 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 do. What does Riv forget that he said? But he, in, in an ideal word, Riv, he is right. I mean, you take six Kale McCarts. The problem is you can't find six. If you can't can find six, McCarts. I want kids. Look at the, what, what is that? I okay. want kids as they grow and all of these different levels of hockey. I want players, especially on the back end, to learn to carry the puck and move the puck and join the offense, the offense in a second wave. And I want that on my team that I coach the kids that I coach. I want that. But I think that's the reason why is because that's the the game today. You're always going to have Erica Branson's right. And you need an Erica Branson because we don't have one. We have a beautiful skating Bryson. We have a beautiful skating Darlene. We have a beautiful skating uh, Yoki Haru. We have a beautiful skating six foot fricking six uh, Owen power. But you know when shit hits the fan, who's gonna who's gonna step up to the the big boy game, the second part of the game that no one wants to talk about anymore? It's called the the fisticuffs. It's called the the intimidation. You still need Gabranson's. Okay, I love it. But you know you know what's amazing about Colorado? What's what's their playoff record right now? Well, really uh, good. Um, I mean, they just swept. So I mean, so four for they, they won not sweep the games, first round too. Yes, they, they did. Yeah. And what was the second round? Who did they play in the second round? St. Louis. So that was a four-two series. Yes. So they're twelve and two. Twelve and two, and twelve and two, and what is their biggest weakness? Goaltending. Unbelievable! How can you go twelve and two and don't have a goalie? It just shows you that because they don't play defense. Exactly. Because their six D men are all good and they can get away with it, which is, it is, it's truly amazing. I mean, you look at that Tampa and Rangers, what's the, who are the best players in that series? Goalies. The goalies. It's amazing. That's what Colorado has been able to do. So which, which one of these two teams that we're going to see play game five tonight which one of them can win? Sounds like you think Colorado's unbeatable. I mean, I, I, I just think they're too good. I mean, I, I, I don't see Tampa or New York. I think Tampa is going to win that series. I know, PD, you like the Rangers. But then, can I I mean, Tampa is Tampa. Until someone knocks them off, you can't pick against them. But I the think Colorado Tampa, Avalanche I think good. Tampa has an element that is better suited to go up against Colorado, which is the monster of the league right now. Um, Tampa Bay, when you look across at Colorado, the first thing that you do is you look at the star power. You look at Landis Gog, uh, 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 McKinnon, and, and, and Rantanen. But when you look at Tampa Bay, you're looking at, you know, Kucherov, Stamkos, 
you know, you're looking at those guys that have that have won scoring scoring titles, the Rocket that have won point leader uh, of the league in Kucherov. Um, who knows what's going to happen with point? You know, you're you're looking at Kale McCarr. He's the, he's the best in the world. Well, is he? I don't know. Victor Hedman on the other side in Tampa Bay sitting there going, "Fuck you, bud. My title, my title." Okay, right. I've won two Stanley Cups. You ain't shit until you beat me, right? Mm-hmm. You look at the goaltending. I know that we they lost. Uh, uh, you know they have Kemper, but I, they have the best goal in the world, goaltender in the world in Tampa Bay. Vasilevsky's the best goaltender in the world. But you know what right. Tampa Bay has? You know what they have as they move down the line? They have winners, guys that have won. That's number one. They have the pedigree. Number two, they're nasty. You got Corey Perry, who's still looking like he's 25. He's playing at a high level. You have Patrick Maroon, the, the, the Andrew Peters lookalike. He's literally dominating the game with his physicality. You have uh, Ross Colton. Who's that? Who's Ross Colton? I don't know. He's got a Stanley Cup, and he's, uh, he's scoring goals, and he's hitting, and he's nasty. They have a lot in Tampa Bay. You look at their, you look at their defense. As much as you look at Victor Hedman, they still have Sergachev. They still have McDonough. They still have, I mean, Zach Bogosian is is like i mean he he wasn't good enough to play for the buffalo sabers he was a piece of shit but now all of a sudden in tampa bay it looks like i'd pay this guy like six million to play on our team see like, the toe drag or see the toe drag yeah. the other night <laughs> but it's not even about the toe drag pd it's about how he plays the game he no i know i'm really adding well. the toe drag because everybody used to shit on him and i used to say this guy's way more skilled yes. than everybody gives yes. him credit for and he's and he can skate like this guy can skate incredible skater and i just think i i think tampa bay suits very well against the colorado avalanche because colorado how many guys in colorado have won a stanley cup uh well so there's I no goaltenders one, one for and there's sure. no and there's no defense their top line in langerskog ranton and mckinnon obviously not Kadri, no you have Natushkin. You can keep going down. Comfer. I think did Barakovsky. Barakovsky's got in, one with the Capitals. Helms got one Cavs. with Detroit. Okay. But I know, and it's, I don't like this argument though. I do. I don't because. Because okay, Tampa Bay has already been first, through When did Tampa nerves. win their first cup? 2019? Um, right. Was it the bubble uh, 20, 2019? 2019, yes. 2020. Yeah, 20, yes. Then okay. they won 2020, 2021. Okay, so on that team, how many guys won a cup? Do we know that? Uh, I can help you find that. Uh, let's see here. Give me a second. But that, you know. Patrick like, Maroon, I think, was the only I guy. I like where you're going cup. with that. I like where you're going with this. So now they that, win it two times in a row, and now it's like they have done this, been there, done that. Well, they've also gotten swept by the Columbus. But the, but the year before that, Van, mm-hmm. they ended up losing four straight to right. the Columbus Blue Jackets, okay? Yeah. They had the best season in the last two decades. Correct. Tampa Bay Lightning in 2018 had the best season in the last two decades. They had 128 points that year. I think they had 62 wins. This mm-hmm. is the best team. That team that lost out four straight was the best 82 game scheduled team in the last two decades. They lost mm-hmm. four straight, but they learned something that was absolutely essential to them winning the next two. And what was that? Two Stanley Cups. No. What did what did they learn 
from that year in 2018 where they they flew through the 82 game schedule had the best season in two decades but then lost four straight in the playoffs what did they learn that that in the next two years they won two stanley cups because of it i don't know you tell me what did they learn they They learned that they were they 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 did not have playoff toughness they were soft and soft could get and they went and or, picked up Patrick Maroon. They went and picked up Blake Coleman. They went and picked up uh, Luke Shen. They went Gar- and picked Goudreau. up Zach Bogosian. They went and picked up guys that were, you know, third pair defensemen. They went and picked up guys that were third and fourth liners. And those guys were integrated into the lineup. And th- that's how they went and won because they had their star power. They had their top goaltending they had their top defense pair but they rounded out with depth they and tra- it was or, or play goudreau didn't they barkley the way goudreau I was it, another one yeah sure uh, all good all good pieces love those pieces great gming great everything but i think they also learned not so much the players but john cooper and his staff holy shit the last two months of the season we didn't even do anything because it was we were in the playoffs already Yep. And then the playoffs started, and they haven't had a meaningful game. So you don't think he changed his practices at the end of the year? We're going to battle a little bit more come playoff time. We're going to do this. I do, And that's the Colorado Avalanche. The last four years, the Colorado Avalanche, where they're not always one of the teams, it's about they're going to win. They're going to go to the cup final. And then they lose in seven to Vegas. Then they lose here. And they look a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning before they won the first cup. They have taken their lumps. They are ready. They are, I mean, you look at those guys, they didn't take anything lightly. Not that they took things lightly before. I think they just, the coaching staff learned. We got to practice different. We got to be battle ready. And they look, and whoever they play, the one thing where I think the Colorado Avalanche have such an advantage is that they have six defensemen who can break out the puck. Like you talk about Tampa with the Perry, Maroon, and Colton. I think that line does their damage by chipping the puck in and grinding it out. I think the Colorado Avalanche has the defenseman that, okay, you want to go chip it down? We'll break it out quick. Yeah. You can't even establish a fort check. Going you back want to play a run and gun game? Going back to the 2018-19 season that we talked about where you know Nikita Kucherov had 128 points, 41 goals. Yep. Stamkos, 45 goals, 80, 80, 98 points, point, 92 points, 41 goals. It's like mm-hmm. on and on and on. They have no one that won. Like it goes down to Hedman, Yanni Gord, Ryan mm-hmm. Johnson, JT Miller, McDonough, K- Kalorn, Sorelli, Palat, Sergachev. Like you go down their entire lineup in that year, which they absolutely shredded the season. They right. had no winning pedigree. They had no guys that knew how to win. And this is what I'm going to say until someone beats the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think that they're the favorites. I don't. I look at Colorado and say, yeah, they they've got a fantastic team. They're they're mm-hmm. amazing. But right now, I mean, they lost Nazem Kadri. He's probably not going to be back for the finals. He broke his thumb. I mean, you can't hold your stick and play, right? I mean, right. you can be you can be Wonder Boy and put a cast on there, but you're not going to be the same player. I just think right now, Tampa Bay is a really, really, really tough opponent because you look at the team that they have now is ultimately the 80% of the team that they won for the last two years 
with a few guys integrated into the lineup, which is like Nick Paul, who's been absolutely incredible. You have Ross Colton, who has taken a, a bigger stride. Corey Perry, who is a huge factor. Like this team is super, super crazy deep. It's going to be unbelievable to see what happens in the finals. Well, it would be unbelievable to see what happens in game five tonight. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not saying all of this and then New York Rangers, man, they look pretty damn good too. I mean, they that's do. what's so great about it. It's, it's going to be. Here's the thing. If the Rangers win, I believe that, I, I believe that Colorado 100% will win the Stanley Cup. I do agree with that. If I do Tampa think the Bay Colorado wins, Avalanche. If Tampa Bay, and, and do yes. you know why? Do you know why? The Rangers are really, really close, but they are very young. Keandre Miller, Lindgren, mm. even Fox, you know, Lafreniere, Capocacco, Heathel. Like they, they have a super crazy young lineup that has to learn. They're going to fail. They're going to fail and it's going to hurt before they learn how to be winners. And I look at Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay right now is very calm, cool and collected. They could be down two games to nothing and still be very confident, cool because they've been there before. They have failed enough to understand what it takes to be winners. Okay. And the thing is, do they still have the hunger to win that third Stanley cup in a row? And I believe that they do. I believe if Tampa Bay plays Colorado in the finals, I think Tampa Bay is going to win their third Stanley Cup. Well, yeah, on uh, go go ahead. You agree? You agree, Van? I, I don't disagree. I just think the Colorado Avalanche are on a mission, and they're doing this without with average goaltending, and that to me is absolutely amazing. Like if you put Shesterkin on the Colorado Avalanche, would you still say Tampa Rifts? Uh, I would have to reevaluate my, my opinion, but that's what's so crazy about it, that these guys are doing it with, and I'm not saying that Kemper has been awful or Francois yeah. has, they have made saves, yeah. but it's nothing that, you know, you go into a series and you're scared about. Well, on this date in 2001, the Colorado Avalanche did win. The Stanley Cup, and I don't know if you guys have seen this going around social media, but Ray Bork played in his final game, mm-hmm. and he, you know I don't know if you guys remember that uh, iconic Stanley Cup trophy pass, Joe Sackick over to Ray Bork, and he hoists the cup. But that's uh, that's going on. It might be one of the best sporting calls. Do you you remember that? Do you guys remember that day? How like who doesn't who wasn't rooting for Ray Bork to win the cup that year? No, no one, nobody. Nobody. Right. It's, 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 I mean, it was, I mean, that whole team, right? I mean, I, I love Peter Forsberg growing up, you know, being a European kid. So, I mean, that, that whole team had, it was, it was fun. But again, what, what did that team have? Who, who, who was their goalie? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Patty Walker, uh, that guy right? was pretty good, right? Yeah. I mean, bad. that's what I, I keep coming back to this Avalanche team and I'm just amazed by it. I am really am. Well, the uh, another topic that we discussed before you came on with this van, and we'll wind down with some fun stuff here. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you follow baseball? I do. So yeah, did you hear all, all three boys play it? So I do follow it. Oh, awesome! That's even better because Riv was so negative about it. And I, I saw yesterday. Did you see what the Los Angeles Angels did? They were playing the Red Sox. They had lost thirteen in a row, mm-hmm. so they completely changed up their uh, walk-up songs. They did all Nickelback. Oh boy. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, 
you are you what? a Nick? Are you, you don't like Nickelback or you do like Nickelback? There's a I don't mind some of their songs. I mean, I'm not a huge music guy. I'm, I'm all over the map. Like when, when guys are playing music in the, in the locker those room. Those who you know, love was... Nickelback and those who are afraid to admit it. No, I think they got some good songs. I don't, I don't hate them. I don't, right. I know it's, I know people do. I, I don't, I don't hate their music. They got some good songs. All right. All right. Well, I figure playing in Vancouver, I mean, you have to, right. you have to, uh, you have to love Nickelback, but, um, but Hey, going back to baseball and what you just mentioned, what they, that's the one thing where the M- MLB, I mean, 162 games is ridiculous. Right. And I've been to some of these twins game and I've been fortunate enough to go into clubhouse and hang out. And I'm oh, like, you used to always wear a Justin Morneau shirt, didn't you? Right. right. Yeah. And you had the Jersey. That's right. I forgot all about that. I remember the first time, this was probably 10 years ago. I was, you know, a few of us went to the twins game. We were invited in the clubhouse and this is an hour and a half before the game. And you got a few guys there, you know, they're reading a book. Some of them are playing cards. Some of them are in the cages warming up. And I'm like, and I asked, I mean, it goes Justin Morneau. I'm like, hey, I'm like, when, when do we have to get out of here? Like, you guys got a meeting? And they looked at us like, or they looked at me like, are you kidding me? But he's like, what meeting? There's no meeting. He's like, it's just the game is at 210. Get out there by 205. I'm like, what? Really? He's like, there's 162 games. There's no meetings. I'm like, yeah. I was baffled because hockey is just such, you know, clockwork and this, and I mean, it looked, they had way more fun than I ever did in my whole career. And I, and I'm, you know, I'm, and still looking back, like what they do with their chains, you know, if a guy hits a home run and this, it's just, they're enjoying their sport a lot more than the NHL is. Yeah. But they, I listen, I mean, when you are playing when you're true. Oh boy. Professional over there. (laughs) rookie move <laughs> when you're playing in in baseball and you're like you said fanner you're playing 162 games a year you're playing almost every night every night you're playing and it's i mean the groundhog day of of motivation like we have to motivate ourselves get hungry big game make sure you're ready to for the first drop of the puck first five minutes are the most important all the blah 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 baseball it's like holy shit it's like groundhog day oh just there's so much downtime right in hockey it's impossible because you have to watch every shift you got to be ready but if you're an outfielder in baseball and you're having a bad day or you're hungover it's just like fuck i hope a ball doesn't get hit in my direction today (laughs) well if it does it should be whatever Blame the sun. You, you laugh, but <laughs> like if you're if you're playing on a team that has like elite pitchers, oh, like you think it's like hey, Johnny's Johnny's pitching tomorrow. I'm going out hard tonight. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, I mean, these guys golf all the time, like especially the pitchers, right? I mean, they go on the road and they go play the nicest courses wherever they play. I mean, well, I told I told you this before, PD, that uh, I went out to lunch with Sheldon Surrey and Mike Piazza in, uh, in Montreal. And we went out for lunch and I was thinking to myself, like, why is he not at the pregame meal, you know, at the hotel? And he was crushing a big burger, eating fries, you know, the whole thing. And I'm just kind of like watching him, and I'm like, watch him just crush this burger and fries and not a big deal. He had a couple beers, you know, and I kind of asked him, I'm like, um, are you, are you playing tonight? You're, are you in? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm like, so you guys don't have 
like a team dinner and he looked at it he looked at me like i had three heads i'm like what what do you mean a team dinner like what what are you talking about like and he i mean you like you said man just show up to the the baseball uh, clubhouse be in the clubhouse be in the clubhouse you know an hour before stretch it out like do those guys even stretch like i don't know i don't know what they do Uh, you know what the best part is on top of that we'll pay you like 20 million to do it (laughs) And then here we got Connor McDavid, you know, making it himself. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus, poor uh, kid. Yeah. Um, if you can hit dingers, then you're going to get paid. Yep. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle. And at Craig Reve 52 at the instigator 76. And you can find us as you already know on Apple, Spotify and YouTube and anywhere else where you can get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.